0: nine,
1: eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from Spain, this
0: is The Drive Home with Harry Waters. Hello there, good afternoon, good evening. How are you all? I hope you're well, Um, glad to have you here today. It is a lovely, sunny evening here in Seville. It's so sunny. In fact, I am rather warm, I must say, um, here in my home studio. Um, I know we're going to be speaking a bit about home offices in the next show coming up um, at six o'clock British time or seven o'clock my time here. But as I was saying before, I am here. It's lovely uh, to have you all here. And today, I'm going to be talking um, to somebody who I met online, somebody who's inspired me online, um, and I'm going to be introducing her very, very shortly. But before I do, I'd like to talk about words. Now, words are something I absolutely love. Being an English teacher, you would expect that, you know, I'm a bit of a fan of words. So words are something I adore. Now, I was looking at a a post the other day from um, another person who I'm a big fan of, Catherine Billsborough. She posted asking what our favourite, most inspirational books were. And one of them, um, the one I said was the Etymologicon by Mark Forsyth. Now, something I loved about that book was it taught me all about the history of words. Um, and one of them that, that really surprised me when I was um, when I was there when I was reading it, uh, one of them that really surprised me was the word thug. Now the word thug, as you know, we've heard of it. We've talked about thug life. You know, we think about thugs who who are you know people who go round not particularly nice type of people. Um, I actually discovered that the word thug came over from India. It was a Hindi word. It was a group of uh, Hindi thieves who would go around, and they specialised in strangulation, apparently, um, which which led me to think, well, what other words came from India? What other words came over from India? Now I already knew, you know, the obvious words that came over from India, like Kashmir and curry and dal. These are these are quite obvious words that would come over from the language. But did you know that pajamas is a word from from Indian? Did you know that bandana is a word that came over from India? Bungalow came from India. There are so many. Karma, that was one I kind of knew already. Pashmina was one as well, but punch? How about that? And one, I think the one that really got me out of all of them had to be shampoo. I did not know that shampoo came from Indian. So there are about 500 words that have come over from Indian. Um, And there's somebody else I'd like you to to hear from who's also coming in from India, all the way from Mumbai. It's my guest today. I'm going to bring her in to speak to you now. Um, She is here. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, that would be wonderful.
2: So namaste, I'm from India too, just like all the words that Harry was speaking about. And uh, yeah, I'd like to add the word shampoo is from India, which comes from the word chumpy. So yeah, I love that word too. And I was just researching these words today for some other course that I was doing, so it's interesting that this came up here too.
0: Absolutely, um, we've got a very early caller that's calling in here, so I'm not really—I'm I'm not really sure. I'm going to just uh, put a message in here and ask if Dar meant to call in. Um, Dar, did you mean to call in, um, or was that an accident? Um, there we go. So, anyway, before we go any further. Tell us something about yourself.
2: Great. So I'm thinking about where to begin. Um, okay. So, first, my name, Bhavna, which means feelings. So, that has a meaning like any other Indian word does. A lot of Indian names have meaning. So, my uh, word means Bhavna. And I think I'm happy to think that uh, it, it's something that inspires me. I love the word, uh, the meaning of my word. So that's one thing. Now, coming to what I'm doing, I have been a teacher. Uh, I started my career as a teacher in some mainstream schools. Uh, This must have been around uh, 1997 or so, 1995. Yeah. So that was when I taught English in mainstream schools. And then I went on to do my bachelor's in education. And by that time, I'd made up my mind that I wanted to be a teacher for sure, because I loved teaching uh yeah, post that, I had a small sabbatical. I had kids, some personal commitments. I took a sabbatical and then came back with my second innings, again, started teaching English in schools. And later on in around 2013, if I'm not wrong, I ventured into ELT really. So that was a completely new adventure for me. And I think that was the, the missing piece of the jigsaw for me because that was something that I was really missing uh, when I was teaching English in schools. And currently, I work as a teacher trainer mainly with the British Council. I'm a freelancer with them. And uh, so my work involves training teachers and uh, doing a bit of materials and some monitoring and evaluation. And I think my work has taken me across almost all the states in India. So that's what I currently do.
0: That's fantastic and you and you live in mumbai uh if i'm yes. if I'm not mistaken, I know that because I asked you earlier, I'm not going to pretend <laughs> that I just knew out of the blue
2: um
0: because I do like to always do a bit of research on on where um where my guests are from um and yet I actually knew a little bit about Mumbai I didn't know a lot um but I did know a bit it's it's one of the areas um that's probably more spoken about in in India, so it has that kind of uh, a bit more fame about it. It is the, the home of Bollywood, am I right?
2: Yes, very much. And a lot of people travel to uh, Mumbai just to see uh, Bollywood actors and, I don't, I don't know, I mean, go and watch them at in, in their houses, stand near the gates, yeah, a lot of that. But surprisingly, uh, being in Mumbai, I've never done that.
0: No. And I can't see
2: myself doing that, really.
0: <laughs> Not your cup of tea, perhaps. <laughs>
2: Not mine. Uh I do get excited when I see somebody. I I'll be honest about that, but I can't see myself standing, uh, waiting for someone at 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 the I mean doorstep. And uh, I mean, yeah, that's it. But yeah, every to each his own. So exactly. That's I, right.
0: I find I find that that quite strange. I mean, living I live in <laughs> here in Sevilla, um, and I was I went down to the city centre. Well, I live just outside Sevilla. I went down to the city centre not long ago. And it was the day that Sevilla were playing um, Borussia Dortmund in the, in the Champions League. Um, and I happened to be walking past quite a posh hotel as the, the Borussia Dortmund players were getting off the bus. So, you know, there, were a, there was an England player who, who's now moved to Manchester United, Jaden Sancho, and like, uh, a, a few other like, really famous people just getting off the bus as I was like, kind of crossing past them. I just walked past and you know nodded and, and continued. And I saw about I don't know fifteen or sixteen other fully grown men there with their phones out, basically drooling at the sight of these you know young millionaires about to go into a about to go into a hotel. And I just kind of stopped for a minute and thought, hmm. <laughs> Each to their own, as you say. But you exactly. know, as I say, it, it wouldn't be my. I wouldn't call it my cup of tea to, to go celebrity spotting, but it was nice to see. It definitely was nice to see. Yes. Um, so you've been with the British – you work with the British Council as a freelancer. Now, they've been yes. – I, I was reading that they've been in India for over 70 years now, which right. is which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I actually spoke – the person I spoke to last week also works with the British Council, but over in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um. so – technically one of your colleagues but not one of your colleagues I guess and right. somebody I've got on next week also works for the British Council also in Argentina so,
2: so that's ha- wonderful I, I think we have a, a beautiful work community uh, spread over globally maybe it's Just it's absolutely wonderful
0: <laughs> yeah I, I love I love the British Council they are um, you know they are the creme de la creme as it were um, I And I I did a a talk for them not long ago and it was one of those moments when I got asked to do that. Um, You know, I kind of, I I, I rang my mum and dad straight away, basically. It's like, (laughs) mum and dad, the British Council have asked me to do a live stream with them. Um, You know, one of those moments of, you know, because they are just, you know, they're very famous. They're very...
2: The best thing is that I think I get to learn as much as I work, really. As I work, I keep learning and that's something that keeps me happy with what I'm doing.
0: Now that is something that really, really drew me to you as a guest. You know, seeing you. Um, I, I know you on all the social media. Um, I've, I've, you know, we've been we've been on LinkedIn for quite a while, and on Facebook as well. And recently, we've right. connected on on um, Instagram. But What I really loved was, I think we probably most connected in the TEFL development hub, was the yes. place I imagine. Yes, um, and obviously, in that kind of situation, it's a place where we all go to learn. You know, we yeah. I, I find it some sometimes I have a lot more time to go in there and and join in with the tasks and activities at the moment. I've been kind of rushed off my feet and missing things that I really wanted to do. There was one on I Tuesday. I think I've connected
2: but... with a lot of wonderful wonderful people on that Facebook group and not just through comments and posts, but also live. In fact, uh, the coffee breaks and the talk time, teacher talk time sessions that they have, as in when I have time, I just sort of drop in live. So uh, uh, I caught up with uh, T- uh, Teresa once and uh, Simon, but uh, unfortunately there were not too many teachers it was vacation time there so not too many other teachers so we almost had a one-on-one sort of personal chat and, I, and we learned a lot from each other i think so yeah that's that's one of uh, the face groups that i'm quite active on and i love to learn from and from i I,
0: I really enjoy it absolutely it is are those coffee breaks and the teacher talk time i i desperately wanted to go to one on tuesday um the teacher talk time yesterday uh, there was one about teacher trainers, freelance teacher trainers. Right. I desperately wanted to go to it. <laughs> but, you know, as you know, my, my wife was called to a photo shoot in a whole other country. You know, yesterday we went all the way to the UK. Um, it was Gibraltar, but, you know, all the way to the UK um, <laughs> to, for a photo shoot. So um, I wasn't able to attend, which... Yeah, I was quite upset about I, I drop about,
2: in to be as, an, as often as I can. Uh, I mean, it's it's been about two or three uh, sessions that I've attended, really. It's odd times for me, really. Again, the time gap is difficult to remember, but I do try to drop in um, because I think, uh, apart from that posting and the commenting, it's the live conversation which really builds those relations. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun to talk live um, with somebody. You can put a face to people and, you know, you connect better
0: and a voice as well that's something yes, that i've i've really better. i really missed like, there's a lot of people i've connected with and posted with now some of them i've watched at conferences and stuff like that but but others it's just amazing to finally kind of hear their voice and stuff like that it's, it's really good now you mentioned times now both of us talked about this um, that time difference was going to be the end of us i mean it's especially <laughs> yes. difficult in india because india has a half an hour as well now because uh-huh. usually it's done by the every 15 degrees of the globe is done by is done by an hour now oh. i'm not sure if i'm mistaken by this or not but i believe that the, the now please if i'm wrong and this is a myth i, I would love you to tell me um when uh, so when it was, there were colonial times, um, the time difference was figured out because if you turn your watch upside down, oh. the time reads correctly. So instead of it being a six hour time difference, it was a five and a half hour time difference because that meant people didn't have to change their watches. They just put it round the other way around on their arm. Now, I don't know if that's true. It but, could
2: be. I'm not really sure whether it's a myth or or something. But yeah, for me it, it does make sense.
0: It, it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past British colonial people to try and save <laughs> exactly. as much time as possible.
2: Oh, right. should I
0: change my watch? No, of course not, Jeeves. Just turn it up the other <laughs> way around. Oh, don't be absurd.
2: So make things easier.
0: Exactly. For themselves. Make things easier for right. themselves, but not for they weren't thinking about the future, were they? They weren't thinking about they're going to have to do Zoom conversations in the future and they're going to have to try and figure out the time difference. And Who
2: would have thought that, Harry? Not, <laughs> not, not us. Even probably in 2019, we wouldn't have thought of that as well. No, you're absolutely uh, right. But so, I, yeah, things have changed.
0: I, I always find it really okay. strange because um, with Renewable English and with, um, with the live classes I do with Pearson, we have a lot of students in India. Um, mm-hmm. And um, one of the teachers who actually commented on the Facebook post, Ritic is is, yes. is another friend of mine who, who you know. Again, we connected through through that group. Um, and yeah, to figure out the time difference, it's I know it's not that hard when you get used to it. It's not that difficult, but the half an hour really trips me every single time.
2: <laughs> and and what's best is I think uh, I've started now realizing that every event that you do or every uh, whatever poster or flyer that you release for on social media or anywhere else even if it's just meant for the local audience, I still make it a point to put the time zone there. It's become more of a habit now. So as long as the time zone is there anybody who wants to attend can at least attend. So That's what I think.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean with the the post I do for, for the Renewable English Live lessons I do have... Um, I have Mexico, uh, the UK, Spain, India, and China. I don't go as far as Australia because I don't imagine there are going to be many Australians who are thinking at half past two in the morning, I've got an idea. (laughs) I want to tune into Harry doing an English class all about the environment. I'm not sure that there are are many people out there who would do that. Um, Um, But yeah, you never know,
2: Harry. You never know.
0: True. There, there might, be, there might, there might be one or two, but um, exactly. But yeah, the 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 great connection there is with um with India. I, I absolutely love it, and I, I love the the students, and and I love the, the teachers um over in India. Something I've found really difficult to get my head around is with with students, teachers, and and you know whoever I've spoken to is when I'm referred to as sir. You know, oh, hello, sir. I'm just, I get a bit, no, no, I'm not used to that. I'm not used to that because I've never been a teacher in the UK. Now, in the UK, Mm -hmm. if you work in a secondary school, then you refer to your teacher as sir. Whereas I've been a teacher here in Spain where, funnily enough, my name has been Harry because that is my name. Um, So there wasn't that kind of thing. So when I would do the the live classes with, you know, we'd have 50, 60, 70 students tuning in from, from India. Uh, hello, sir. How are you today? So, don't call me that. I'm not comfortable. I think it's not just
2: about uh, calling them sir or ma'am or whatever if it's a, a female, but it's also the respect. There's a lot of respect for teachers. Uh, we all, I think, the word guru itself came from um, uh, Hindi. So, yeah, it, it's it's also a lot of respect for teachers. And just today, when I was uh, looking at the context. I'm taking a course right now on materials and there was a task there which made me think about the context that I work in and that's when I was sort of reflecting on these things so that's intrinsic respect for teachers and it's like okay whatever teachers say is the final word you're not supposed to back answer you're not supposed to argue with teachers yeah so that's that's the kind of respect that we have for teachers in some ways yeah but of course, that is n-
0: not something that exists in Spain. <laughs> it does not exist. <laughs> respect for teachers is something that certainly do- isn't high on, on a student's agenda. It certainly wasn't when I was working in a, in a private school um, a few years back. Um, yeah, I don't think they ever said respect and teacher in the same sentence. But it is something that, you know, it's, it's such a huge cultural difference um, yes. across different countries, and that respect is is something that's that's fantastic but again the a teacher's word is final um it's something that i found really tripped me up the other day actually because i was speaking to my wife we were talking about nylon the word nylon now i when i was at school i was i was taught that nylon had been invented in two different places in new york and in london at the same time so i'd always thought that that was why it was called nylon but it wasn't. That was actually a myth. And I just believed that because a teacher had taught me. <laughs> now, nowadays, if somebody tells me something nowadays, you know, and I'm not sure, I'll check it out. I'll go on various pages and find out if it's true. But anything I learned from school, for me, that is just, that is gospel. That is tr- the truth. Whatever anybody said back then to me it's frozen in my brain as being that that is the the truth. That is the answer. So... I don't know. Um, I think it's good when students do question teachers, but not in a disrespectful way.
2: Yes, it is. So I think things are changing a bit. So when you look at the generation in schools now, they are looking at things a little differently. But yeah, in general, yeah, that's the culture that you don't really um, look uh, at your elders or your teachers in the eye, really, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's a culture.
0: It's something that, um, so with my my daughter, she's completely bilingual. Um, And so she has English classes for two and a half hours a week at school. Now, obviously, she's an an eight-year-old Spanish girl. Um, The level in state schools here of English is not great. You know, they're still on, hello, how old are you? And apparently the other day her teacher said, um, she asked her, how many years do you have? Like, because in Spanish it's "cuántos años tienes, how many years do you have? Oh. And my I don't know how my daughter is so diplomatic. Instead of saying anything about it, she paused and she said, I am eight years old. And she like responded the correct way. And the teacher kind of got it from that, like, oh, how old are you, yeah. isn't it? But like, it's one of those things that she's going to have to learn to be really tactful with like, yes. because she's always going to have a higher level than her teachers, uh, and just forever. So um, it's something she's going to need to learn to kind of play down and, and be a bit careful with. Um, but anyway, that's something of, of respect for teachers the world over, I think. Now, you mentioned you were doing a course, um, and I also said what I love about you is your passion for learning. There are so many teachers that start, become a teacher and have that in their head that they know everything and what they say is right. Um, They're the worst kind of teacher. Uh, The best kind of teacher are those that continue to learn and grow. So what are some of the things you've done recently to learn and grow?
2: So the pandemic, just like everybody else, I I wanted to upskill myself, did a lot of uh, courses on uh, future learn. Uh, Right now, I'm doing a course uh, from Nile, that's the Norwich Institute of uh, Language Education uh, on materials development. I do a lot of uh, reading or researching about diversity and inclusion because that's another area of my interest. And climate change as well. I did a course on uh, uh, using climate or talking about climate in um, language education and another one on gender also. So that was again offered within... uh, a platform called Teaching English. So that was a sort of, uh, I think, um, yeah, about it. It had some four, three modules and uh, dealt with everything in detail. So how do you come up with projects? Uh, So when I'm talking about climate, it was how do you come up with projects? How do you evaluate those projects? How can you link climate with uh, language education? And similarly, for gender also. So how can you make your classes more gender inclusive? So that's one area of my interest so i've done it i've done that i've trained myself to be a menstrual educator which was also again something a little out of my comfort zone but i was interested and i think it it's somewhere connected uh, in my mind it connected with diversity and inclusion so i trained myself for that and this is all during the pandemic really most of it at least and uh, i also educated myself as a comprehensive sexuality educator so in terms of a course called Adolescent Reproductive and Sexual Health. So that's another thing that I did. And informally, I've been doing a lot of reading up on on these topics related to diversity, climate change, um, and online teaching in general.
0: So with diversity and inclusion now, I don't know what it's like over in India. Um, I'm not in India, so I've got no idea. I know here in Spain that it's, 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 things are slowly changing. Now, this is a very Catholic country we're in, so there is a huge divide. Um, but things are slowly changing and becoming generally more accepted. Um, what is it like over in India? Because it's such a vast country. I mean, it's enormous. Yes. So there must be a huge range
2: of well everything, really. Definitely, yes. There are extremes. There are people who are completely against it. There are people who support it, our allies, our advocates. Again, there's a, a huge range of people doing different things. And like you said, yeah, things are slowly changing. There is awareness, uh, especially uh, I think the younger generation is bringing about a lot of that awareness. I think a lot of things that I learned about this are not just from courses, but also from my children. I have two teenage daughters so i think i learned a lot from them also about these things and you know really how uh, what these things are about so yeah it, things are changing for the better hopefully
0: and also in terms of um climate change i know that a lot of parts of india are they currently being affected by like well, i don't want to call it early climate change because it isn't early climate change it's climate change in but there are climate change affected areas like massively in india um, I was speaking to somebody from the Assam region and he said that oh. you know weather is changing drastically you know there will be way more rain in some places where than there should be and then other places no water whatsoever so yes. you know you're you're in a place and you're you're living that that the climate crisis kind of live you're watching it unfold um, and it's something that I I, I very I think, much sympathize yeah, a with a lot uh, of
2: lot of things are changing everywhere maybe not to different degrees probably uh, i'm just talking about india also so just in general even in mumbai it's it was uh, it, it's a rainy season right now and uh, earlier it was like rainy season is supposed to be from june to september but uh, every year now we have rains until late november sometimes
0: so, yeah, it's-
2: those, those effects are obviously adding up. And I think the pandemic has, in, in some ways, it's taken us um, back with a lot of uh, plastic waste and a lot of uh, things, you know, that all that gene being generated because of that, masks and then disposal of masks and uh, those PPE kits, et cetera. So in, in that sense, I think it's really pushed us back in every way, different degrees to different countries. But yeah, it's all, it's done it to everybody.
0: I couldn't agree more. Now it's funny actually here in Spain. um, So our summers are long. Like it hits thirty degrees probably mid-April, and then it doesn't stop being thirty degrees until. Well, it was thirty-two today, basically. So we're almost in October, and it's still over thirty degrees, um, which is great if you want to come on holiday, everybody, because it's still thirty degrees in October. Not so great if you live here, um, and it doesn't rain particularly often, but the one big thing I've noticed is in Spain they have people have two wardrobes they have their summer wardrobe and their winter wardrobe, um, and what they used to do on the twelfth of October would be change their summer wardrobe to their winter wardrobe because there was a long weekend, so that would give them time to get out their clothes, wash them all again because they wash them when they take them in as well. so wash them all again and then hang them mm. up, dry them and hang them up. But they don't do it on the 12th of October anymore because it's still too hot to wear winter clothes. But now that, happens, they do it... that
2: happens in India also, Harry. Some parts of India also have to do the same. Oh, uh, yeah? Yes.
0: Uh, yes, but now they do it on the 1st of November when there's another mm. holiday because here All Saints Day is a holiday. So that that changing of wardrobe in the time I've been here, so in the decade that I've been here, has moved back by two weeks. You know, people are just like, we can't... I can't wear my winter clothes in October because it's still 30 degrees, you know. When it drops below 30 I can put my jeans on, but until then. <laughs> anyway, um very short yeah have certain
2: parts where where it's the same and uh, very honestly when I was uh, uh, probably in school I was very fascinated by this idea of having two different wardrobes but uh, once I grew up I decided it's much more convenient without doing it. So oh, I'm 100% a climate like Mumbai.
0: I I I wear the same ten shirts all year round, unless I find a fancy one in a second hand shop. But then I'll have eleven. Um, but yeah, I'm I wear the same all year round, right? Um, in a moment, we're going to shoot off for our, our news and advert break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk all about marigolds. Now we're not talking about the gloves you use to wash your wash your hands. We're not even talking about the flowers um but something you actually introduced me to and I love the concept um and we're going to talk more about it when we come back so you've got about six minutes now um if you want to go off go to the go to the bathroom get your water charge your phone whatever you like everybody else stick here listen to the adverts listen to the news there's some fantastic stuff in there um and I'll speak to you again in about six minutes This is Teachers Talk
1: Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
3: This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. According to a report in the Independent Newspaper, Keir Starmer, leader of the Labour Party has unveiled plans to remove the charitable status of private schools if Labour wins the next election. During the second day of the party's annual conference the Labour leader said that he could not justify the charitable status enjoyed by the fee-paying institutions. Mr Starmer stated that private schools will be taxed £1.7 billion to fund improvements to the country's state schools if Labour wins the next election Sir Keith said Labour wants every parent to be able to send their child to a great state school but improving them to benefit everyone costs money that's why we can't justify continued charitable status for private schools Labour's deputy leader Angela Rayner added private schools shouldn't get a tax break Labour will tax private schools and spend the money on helping the kids that need it. In Wales, latest figures show a spike in Covid cases among the under-16s. Denbyshire schools have seen more cases in the first two and a half weeks of this term than the whole of the last academic year, according to Mr Hilditch Roberts. He said They're at breaking point. They are understaffed. They cannot get cover from agencies anywhere across North Wales, more or less. We are not able to supply Welsh education in some areas because we can't get staff at short notice. Education Minister Jeremy Miles said case numbers should be viewed in the context of a successful vaccine programme. It's changed the balance, the balance of harm as we call it, and we're very clear that the best place for our children, young people to be, are in school, in a safe environment, being able to learn with their friends. This has been your daily education news briefing.
1: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, Visit OxfordPrimary.com forward slash phonics. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge, and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course, or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All MALCPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com Every teacher loves stationery, right? Imagine getting a selection of fun, beautiful and unique stationery items designed and selected especially for teachers, delivered through your door every month. You need to check out teacherslovestationery.club
3: I'm always so excited when the box arrives, it's such a treat. My Teachers Love Stationery Club box is just a little treat to myself every month. It's always full of delightful and surprising items, including some really good quality stationery brands. And because you never know what you're going to get, it makes it even more fun and special when you get it.
1: Visit TeachersLoveStationery.club and enter the code TTRADIO when you buy your first stationery box to save £2 today.
0: TeachersLoveStationery.club. okay hello everybody and welcome back um so quick question before we talk about marigolds so now i ask everybody this um all of my guests stationery i love stationery i am a teacher and teachers do obviously love stationery do you love stationery and if you do what is your favorite piece of stationery You're very quiet still. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello.
2: Yes. Hi there.
0: Yes. So what is your favorite piece of stationery? And do you love stationery? Most important? Do I
2: really have to choose?
0: You don't have to. You, well, you don't have to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love, I love, uh, I think, highlighters and uh, post-its, but of different colors.
0: Absolutely. I think, I think you know, we're... I think we're up there. Um, Post-it, I'm a Post-it fan. I'm a big Post-it oh. fan. Uh, so
2: I, I love them too. I,
0: I think Post-its are probably winning as the most popular at the moment, um, but highlighters are often in there. Um, nobody's gone for a hole punch yet. Um, not sure if anyone's going to go with that. I don't think hole punch... They're, they're the, the unsung <laughs> heroes of stationery, as it were. Um, but anyway...
2: I don't think um, we need those
0: anymore. Probably not, to be honest, probably we not. We have
2: files where we can just sort of insert papers and
0: yeah, have them there. So yeah, we
2: don't need ring binders anymore.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. true, it's true. I don't think I have a hole punch anymore, to be honest. I, I, I don't <laughs> do remember I the last been? time I used paper, to, to be perfectly fair. I have a few <laughs> notebooks that I use, but anyway. So when when I was speaking to you about what you'd like to speak about on the show, um, you, you said to me... At first, you talked about um, social media, um, but then you mentioned marigolds in social media. Now, I like gardening. Um, I even like doing the washing up, to be honest. Now, I knew marigolds in both of those respects, Mm -hmm. but I had absolutely no idea when you said finding marigolds on social media. I just kind of was like, okay, sure, fine, that's okay. What are you talking about? And you sent me an article, so if you would kindly explain about marigolds in well sure. marigolds at first, and then how you find them in social media.
2: Sure. So that was an article that caught my fancy too. I had come across something like that uh, maybe a couple of years ago, and it's it just sort of stuck in my mind because I liked the idea quite a bit. So basically it's about, I think if you are interested in gardening or if anyone else is interested in gardening, they must have probably heard about something called companion plants. So when certain plants are grown next to each other, uh, they boost the growth for each other. So in that sense, a companion plant helps the other plant that's growing next to it to grow. So they do that mutually for each other. And uh, it said that marigold is one of the best companion plants, because if you plant a marigold next to any plant, it protects that plant and boosts its growth. So that's what made me think uh, that yeah, we all have marigolds, not just in the garden, but also in our professional lives. We have these colleagues who are supportive of us, who encourage us. When we start teaching, we are completely um, uh, novice teachers. There are people, there are other teachers who encourage us. So I think those are our marigolds. We've, we've always been encouraged and we've been marigolds to a lot of teachers, I hope. So, yeah, that's, that's what marigold means in this context.
0: And the, the opposite of the marigold, was it a walnut tree?
2: I wouldn't know that. I'll still have to look up that, but I don't think I don't. I want to really. No, I'm I
0: think yeah. I think the opposite is the is the walnut tree now. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, to, it talks about surrounding yourself with marigolds because like, I completely agree that you know life is better when when marigolds yes. are around. Yes, um, it's not about competition. Now, you know, being uh, an environmental advocate, um, particularly within E.L.T. I'm not the only one. Funnily enough, there are quite a lot of us, um, and I particularly found in the the Facebook group E L T footprint um, that right. kind of that that was just full of marigolds. Like everything. All in Facebook there,
2: groups are all 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 groups are co- collaborative communities, and as I was just listening in to another session about maybe yesterday the elt community seems to be a good community we are all out to help each other so yeah we are all uh, marigolds for each other
0: it really is now i, I did a um, I did a podcast back in february elt cpd and i was speaking about that on there how within the, that within the elt community it does seem to be a lot of pushing each other up and dragging each other up and, you know, attending each other's like sessions at conferences and sharing ideas um, and all of these different things. And now I know it's, it's similar with a lot of teachers in in mainstream schools as well. Um, I don't know to what extent that spreads out though across, across the world, because I know with ELT, it's, you know, we're teaching, you know, me and you, we're teaching the same subject. You know, I'm teaching the same subject as you. I'm teaching the same subject as somebody in Brazil. I'm teaching the same subject as somebody in Taiwan. Like we're all teaching exactly the same subject. So there is that kind of connection. We're doing it in different ways. We're all doing it in very different ways. Another thing,
2: Harry, is that because of the pandemic, I think we are all going through the same scenario, struggling at the beginning, at least. We were all struggling with online teaching and we have the same challenges. So in that way, again, we are all together.
0: Exactly. Um, And I've... I found quite a few like marigolds recently um quite a lot um a few of them like one one guy I worked with at Pearson called Michael was a massive marigold for me like he he was you know he he really helped with with everything that I did, everything I was doing and kind of, the thing that i found with with these marigolds is it gives you the confidence to 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 be the best you like it, and it doesn't have that. That kind of competition now, I know that that Tom has talked about um, toxic schools and like toxic environments. Um, And I have found within the occasional academy that I've worked at, there have been people trying to step on each other to get further up the ladder. Um, It just just doesn't help. It doesn't, you don't go any further up the ladder by stepping on somebody else's head. You just make that person feel bad. Um, and it's just not think very nice I for me again
2: I, I have this one marigold that I can think of who's my colleague and her name is Purnima I think she's been the inspiration and and like you say the wind beneath my wings for everything that I want to do she's with me and yeah I, I think I wouldn't be able to do all that I'm doing if she wasn't with me so that's one person that I com- and I I completely trust her advice really there are times when I haven't taken it but it's it's backfired so i've realized her advice is the best to go with
0: well it is that (laughs) that kind of advice thing as well now i know that you know i'm i'm kind of i'm starting i'm start well i've been in the position i'm in for about a year now um working freelance and, and starting my own my own business um and it has been a lot of help from from other people um just with everything really, you know, um, with editors, when I'm writing materials, you know, that, you know, not coming to you with what you've done is terrible. No, but like that, what you can improve. Um, something I've really found, I think the, the TEFL development hub, we've talked about it in the past. I I had Simon on here, um, quite a while ago now, actually, Uh, I think back in, july maybe but anyway it was a long time ago back when no i didn't have hair so it must have been july because i haven't had hair since (laughs) june so 24th of june not not that i'm counting or anything uh i think the temple development hub is the place where i found the most marigolds yes and what i I love about that place is we don't all agree on things but there are quite a few obvious disagreements but the discussion is always done with respect.
2: And it's so, it, 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 it gives us a different perspective. It just, just today, I think in the uh, afternoon, for me, of course, it was afternoon, There there's a, a post on icebreakers. So there was a lot of uh, discussion on that, about why people liked icebreakers, why they don't. And it, it makes you think about so many things that you may not have thought of earlier.
0: Yeah, I, I really wanted to write my favourite icebreaker was a fat polar bear i was like that might not be it might not be time to put a funny joke in there and i wanted to say my least favorite icebreaker was climate change but again i was like i'm not going to use this opportunity for a joke i'm just going to be quiet and read what other people are saying for once (laughs) i don't know i'm not normally quiet as as you've well as you've obviously seen Um, but i remember a discussion we had back in the early days of this year so it must have been back in january or february And he was talking about how to teach grammar. Now, I hate grammar. Um, I avoid grammar at all costs. Um, I I teach grammar through Lexis. I teach grammar through project-based learning. But I do not address grammar in the classroom. I don't say, this is the present simple. This is the present continuous. And I absolutely do not compare the present simple and the present continuous because I hate that I, they're two separate things that's like comparing me to my sister we're not the same we're different <laughs> um and yeah I remember there are a lot of people who really like teaching grammar and there was a great conversation in there and th- that you know I didn't know the term marigold at, at that point oh. um but it was at that point that I was thinking the these people are good people right uh, these are good people because we completely disagree on this subject. We completely disagree. Yet, we can talk about it in a reasonable, rational way. I'd say like adults, but a lot of adults aren't reasonable and rational. You know, you yeah. go into a room and mention the word Brexit and you'll you, it'll be very difficult to find a rational argument in there because it wasn't a rational vote anyway i'm not going to talk about brexit i think um, it's
2: important to be like that on social media as as um i i have a clubhouse community of teachers where we sort of just need to talk about different topics which i've just started very recently and uh, there is an option for putting up rules there so you can set your rules so the rules that i've put up there is something which can apply to social media in any uh, form actually so what i've written there is. Uh, listen, don't judge. Now, listen because it's Clubhouse, so you can just listen. So it could also be read. Listen, don't judge. Respond, don't react. Discuss, don't debate. So I think that sort of sums everything up for social media. That's how you should uh, engage. It's not a debate. It's not a free-for-all. There will be differences of opinion, obviously. I think you just have to take them in your stride and learn from them.
0: Yeah, I've learned that... um... I try not to react to trolls. I try my hardest not to react to trolls. Um but the one good thing is, if somebody does start trolling you, it's good for the algorithm and it gets you even more like noticed. So, you know, I try to be respectful to trolls. Um but, but the other day somebody mentioned something about flags. Now I'm very protective of flags. I do love flags. And I I I actually had a mini campaign that I'm I'm sure you saw. Um when I I went into the the carrefour here or carrefour as we call it in English, I believe, okay. uh, and they had a, they had the the union flag up and it said next to it Inglaterra, which is obviously England, um, and I kind of laughed to my wife and said, oh, look, they've made a mistake." I'm going to tell this guy. So I told one guy, um, and then I went to another carrefour and I saw it there. So I took the flag down okay. and I went to. I was like, I need to speak to somebody here. You know, this is the wrong flag. You know, this is the flag of of Great Britain. This is not the flag of England. You've got it wrong. Uh, And then I went a bit further and I emailed a few people and, you know, I got in touch with the the area manager. And they changed it. Uh, So I posted online about, you know, about this. And one guy mentioned something about, um, uh, you know, it's easy to get confused. You know, how come with football it's um England but it's not Texas um and I just said my reaction to that was yeah but I just don't understand anyone being confused with flags at which point he said you don't understand people being confused with flags what about Australia New Zealand maybe you're the one with the problem he was like maybe you didn't understand my sarcasm like (laughs) of course people make mistakes with flags like you know there are a lot that are very similar to each other so yeah I that's I kind of I mildly reacted, but it was a polite reaction because, yeah, the, the amount, particularly on LinkedIn, the, the amount of people that jump on there, this isn't right for LinkedIn. Well, okay, don't read it then.
2: I agree. I think, I think uh, that's been uh, a lot of confusion or I, let's say debate, not confusion really, about what is good for LinkedIn and what is not. But I think if, if your work is a part of you, you can't really separate it. So, yeah, it's all right if you post pictures of your personal life once in a while, as long as you don't make it a picture dump uh, of your last vacation or something. But, yeah, I think it's good to have um, a, a combination of that and uh, give people an, a little insight into your private life if you wish to.
0: I, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, particularly as a, as a freelancer, as a, you know, people are, they're buying you. You know, they're not just, they're not just only buying a product. You are the product. And it's nice for people to know that you are a human. And I like to yes. see
2: In fact, I'll stories. share one very uh, interesting incident about LinkedIn, uh, a very recent one. In fact, I think about maybe two or three months old. So one of my LinkedIn contacts who I haven't known at all, I just connected through LinkedIn via, via, via the first connection, second connection. And connected there and uh, about a month or a uh, half ago he posted something on LinkedIn uh, that uh, he ha- he was going to get a COVID test done which was when the second wave and all that was going on um, the person was not even from India really uh, so they just posted that yeah we are going to get the COVID test done and we'll hope that the results are um, negative uh, and this person was Fairly active on LinkedIn and for a few days then I didn't find any other post and I it, it sort of stuck in my mind again, probably because I went through COVID also when it really started. So uh, if somebody says it's going to happen, it somewhere just sticks in my mind. So I waited for a few days and when I didn't see any post, I um, messaged that person on LinkedIn. I was a little skeptical because I didn't know that person really and uh, I felt it could be looked at, at as being intrusive but i still gathered my courage and just sent him a message to ask uh, about the results of the test and turns out that the test was positive and the person was really happy for, to hear from me in that sense so we had a we had a really lengthy chat and uh, sharing about his symptoms and what i went through so long story short i think it it made me realize that everyone whether it's on linkedin or facebook you just like to be cared for as long as you're doing it maybe as selflessly or without any expectations as possible. So yeah, there's that personal angle on LinkedIn too.
0: I really do think there is that that kind of aspect on there. Um, as you say, you don't want to see every thousands of wedding photos, but if somebody exactly. gets married, hmm. I want I, I wouldn't mind seeing a wedding photo. You know, hmm. I I'm delighted. I'm really happy. I just got married to the love of my life. That's an important part of somebody's life. If they want to share exactly. it with their if you went to work, you wouldn't go to work and not share anything p- personal with your colleagues at work, would you? Imagine you got married and you just went into work the next day. Do anything yesterday? No, nope. Didn't. Nope. <laughs> didn't do anything. I thought you were getting married. No, no, you're mistaken. Like, come on. If, if it's a professional network,
2: right.
0: you know, there is personal within the professional as well. It's not something that's
2: yeah, um, as I said, if people can use Facebook to post pictures or to post about their uh, professional achievements, then why not LinkedIn to post about their personal achievements? A little bit.
0: 100%. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is a, a limit. Now, yeah, yes. I I think I've probably posted maybe four or five times about personal things in total on LinkedIn in, in a number of years. But I do, I do really think that it is something that people generally want to see. And it, the thing that gets me is... If you don't want to see it, then
2: don't read it. Exactly. Right.
0: <laughs> don't read it. Just you, it's so easy to just scroll past.
2: Just exactly. Yeah.
0: Just keep going. It's not a problem. Um, That's
2: something that makes me a little um, into the debate mode really. But then I okay, I put in a comment or two, and then I back off.
0: But yeah, for me, if somebody us. says this isn't for LinkedIn. That's good for me because they've commented on it and that's good for the algorithm that c- <laughs> yes. causes more engagement. So it's like, yes. And often you can see people but that's, really... That's a different
2: kind of trolling, but I've also gone through a, another kind of trolling uh, for a post on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you'd recently joined this group called Reflecting Reality, right? That's about diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. So that's where this post came up about five or six months back where... Uh, We were discussing about a post which was on an IELTS page, IELTS teaching page, talking about some vocabulary which was very offensive, really. So we were discussing about or somebody pointed out really that where's the need for this to come up on an IELTS uh, Facebook page. You're talking about vocabulary, but does it have to be offensive vocabulary that you're exposing them to? So I commented there about not in the group on that post on the IELTS page. Facebook page post. And that's when I was trolled really bad. So there were comments and comments and comments. And to a certain extent, it did leave me feeling a little uh, depressed and traumatized. But then it's like, okay, you just get over it. There are all sorts of people and you just get past it and move on to what you want to do. But I think one, one thing was strange, really. Um, that's That brings uh, this to my mind. So when this happened, there was, there was a lot of trolling, but there was also a lot of support which poured in from people who did not even know me. So when they saw that I was being trolled on Facebook, people who did not know me messaged me on Fe- Messenger and um, sort of declared their support and tried to support me, which was great. But um, I also think that... Um, yeah, if if that support came publicly, it would be even better probably. But yeah. then I also re- I also realize that that could then again go into a debate mode. So as long as the support is there, I feel it's good.
0: Yeah, um, I often feel that people put stuff out there uh, deliberately to cause the reaction because they want that engagement. Yes. You know, they do it yes. because they want people to come in and argue. They want the people to come in and fight just so they can boost their their own profile. So. When I see things like that now, instead of getting involved, now I used to get involved, um, instead of doing that, I would just, I just go, I ignore it. I completely ignore it. So that even if it drives me crazy, like unless it's something that's offensive and somebody needs to be you know, told that this isn't okay to say it, which if they do, I send them a personal message now. I'll send them a message saying what you've put there isn't okay because I don't want, to give it the airtime, I don't want to give it the you know I don't want this these exactly I don't want these these views to be seen oh limelight funny you should say that do you know where that phrase came from
2: Mm, not really well
0: they used to use limestone in theaters before electric lights and the reaction Mm -hmm. um when you put um, various chemicals on them would cause it to light up which would cause limelight in a theater um so there you go. That's what limelight came from.
2: Thank you. Th- that's my takeaway from from the. Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, um, but yeah, it's not. You, I don't like to give people that kind of that that limelight. I don't like to boost their their yeah. posts. So I don't like to give them that engagement. So now, if it's something truly controversial, I'll I'll send them a DM or I'll just ignore them. and just that's what they want they're looking for the reaction so just right. don't don't do it um because yeah it will only be good for them it will only be good for them so what i tend to do is ignore it so
2: best thing to do
0: exactly so marigolds where's the best place to find marigolds
2: mm, i think earlier i would say face to face because like i said uh when the pandemic happened i started to miss my colleagues Because we used to travel a lot together for uh, trainings and that's where we would really uh, bond over reflections and over preparing for the trainings and just sort of um, unwind over a cup of tea and coffee. But uh, during the pandemic, obviously that stopped and I really started to miss my marigolds. And that's when I decided to find the marigolds in the online world. Now, before this, I was not a very active user. I was fairly active, but not Too active on social media. And even the little that I was, or the the fair amount that I was, I didn't have a learning objective really. It was more for amusement and just for fun. But slowly it became a place to find marigolds for me. And uh, I think one of the first groups, uh, Facebook groups that I joined, was probably Reflecting Reality and uh, then Tefl Hub and um, Rachel Roberts' group, which was great for talking about topics like work life balance and. Uh, time management that's something i learn a lot from too So, yeah that's that's how i found my merry goals
0: um i see your 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 my pandemic buddy. pup has arrived
2: yes um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've got mine here laying down behind me it's yeah it's it's good that you mentioned Rachel, actually i was uh i was speaking to her yesterday um because she went on and spoke to um on a on an instagram chat she went on a spoke there so uh i was watching that um and yeah i've been a member of her group for a while and she posted today about 30 ideas for for content posts um so I've, i i logged in to get it but i forgot that i'd already logged into her her site and stuff on a different email address so now i've got i'm logged in twice
2: so in fact harry just yesterday in in that same chat that you're talking about i think it was the same chat uh, there was this topic of marigolds which came up. So somebody who was watching the live commented about something about marigolds, but it, it was not very clear. So uh, both of them could, couldn't could really understand what marigolds was about. And I'm sure I wouldn't have understood too if I hadn't read this. So in fact, I commented and I messaged Rachel to say that yeah, we are going to be speaking about marigolds today. So probably it you was, know what the mystery is.
0: It was me. I was the one that said it. It was me okay, because I was, so- I was watching it, and, and she mentioned the uh, the type of people that um, that she likes to work with. And right, I said, "Ah, yes. like marigolds." And and in a, a and Volkan said to her, "Like marigolds." And she was like, "I don't know what Harry is talking about there." So I sent I'm her a sure message. i she
2: must have been <laughs>
0: So yeah, I think I think I might have confused her a little so bit. You, with that you were one.
2: setting the stage for today's talk.
0: I was setting the stage. She mentioned those she mentioned the type of people that are like the marigolds, you know, yes. those those lovely humans, those wonderful people. So I was like, yes. you know what? I'm just gonna say it. So they said it, and yeah, I mentioned I sent a message to her saying, Hey, mm-hmm. by the way. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow. I didn't mean to confuse you in in the moment, but yeah, that was me, I'm afraid.
2: (laughs) Okay, Um, that's a mystery. That was a mystery for me. (laughs) I just found out. Yeah. One more Facebook community where I've learned a lot, I think, is PSI English. Again, I don't know whether you've heard of that, but yeah, that's a Facebook group that I follow quite regularly. It's about comprehensive uh, sexuality education, linking that with uh, language learning. So that's also a a post, uh, sorry, a Facebook group which I. Enjoy following?
0: I think for me, the most marigolds do come from Facebook. There are a a number on LinkedIn, but I think Mm. like the truly supportive kind of help you push you up, yes, celebrate your achievements with you, share those like moments with you. I think most of that comes from Facebook. I agree. Um, I I mean, I see a lot of stuff on Instagram. It's nice for me to connect with students. I love Instagram, it's great to connect with students. and LinkedIn, I see lots of interesting stuff on there. Um, but it's not the kind of same, it's not the same loving environment as, as it is on Facebook. Um,
3: True. So
2: it's, it's a little, Facebook is a little sort of semi-formal. So that, that brings it. And I think the live element in the Tefl Hub, what I really love is, is the live element actually speaking to people.
0: It's so good. I love those coffee yes. mornings. I, I really I, want to go to another one, but they do, they're on at the same time as Renewable English. So yes. I'm live at the same time. So what I might do tomorrow, because it lasts an hour, I might jump straight from Renewable English into from, the From my marigolds
2: where I'm going to be a marigold or I'm at least trying to be a marigold to other teachers is, is the community that I formed that I spoke about on Clubhouse. So that's a platform that I decided to explore uh, again motivated by Rachel Roberts who started her own clubhouse uh, earlier. I started to attend and I I sort of begin to like the platform so I explored that further and then um, I set up a community called the teachership community. Again the word teachership is inspired by Simon who is from the TEFL Hub. We had that live chat once when I dropped in and we were talking about teachership and leadership And that gave me the idea for for the name of the group, and I've named it the teachership community. So again, that's on Clubhouse where we talk about, again, not subject specific topics, but um, I want to create a hub where uh, where teachers have a safe space really to talk about topics not related to a particular subject. So it could be just how to build rapport in uh, an online classroom, uh, maybe time management, opening of schools. So, what sort of uh, changes you foresee? Uh, work-life balance, so things like that. So that's that's the community where I'm trying to set up my goals for each other too.
0: I will be joining Clubhouse soon. I think I'm aiming for the start of November to join Clubhouse. I'm, I'm a bit afraid you at the moment. Join my club too. Of course I'll join your club. It'll be first on my list. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of joining Clubhouse again because of Rachel. Um, so yeah, it's just something I've been avoiding just purely for the time element, the amount of time I spend on social media. I mean, I know uh, two, uh, two other wonderful hosts um, are, are here listening at the moment. They know how much time I spend on social media and, you know, they can see it equally. So it's that fear that falling into another kind of social media but I'm sure it's going to be great I'm, I'm building I, I up I do to love it.
2: Clubhouse for one particular reason that the, the refreshing aspect of it is really the fact that you don't have to have your videos on so you can just sort of listen in and it's 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 that uh, comfort factor that you have that you can just listen in maybe while you're walking the dog or while you're preparing for your meals so that's something I enjoyed in fact I started listening in more and slowly um, drew in into the conversation and began to engage, but that's something I like because sometimes uh, connecting live on a Zoom call or a WhatsApp audio call or any video conferencing call can be too intrusive. Sometimes it maybe it's not possible for you, and uh, on the other hand of the spectrum, I think uh, when you are just posting and commenting, it's it's not as personal as speaking live. So I think that's Clubhouse is somewhere in between. Uh, both of these so I I particularly like it for that reason.
0: That is something I've absolutely loved about these new online conferences. Innovate on Friday by the way Um, I'm sure everybody listening is going to be at Innovate on Friday Um, but it's the great thing about online conferences is you don't have to be fully present you know you can walk the dog while you listen to a talk you know you can use it almost like a podcast which right. is great you know if there's something you really want to be at then you'll be at the computer you'll be there you'll be involved but otherwise you can just listen which is wonderful right on that i'm going to jump away for the ad break again and there for the for the news so stay tuned in about five or six minutes we'll be back um And we're going to have a bit of a quick fire quiz for you. So, hmm, I hope you're ready. Right then. Um, Here we go. Off to the news and we'll be back in a few minutes.
1: This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
3: This is your latest Teacher's Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. According to a report in the Independent newspaper, Keir Starmer, leader of the Labour Party, has unveiled plans to remove the charitable status of private schools if Labour wins the next election. During the second day of the party's annual conference, the Labour leader said that he could not justify the charitable status enjoyed by the fee-paying institutions. Mr Stammer stated that private schools will be taxed £1.7 billion to fund improvements to the country's state schools if Labour wins the next election. Sir Keith said, Labour wants every parent to be able to send their child to a great state school but improving them to benefit everyone costs money. That's why we can't justify continued charitable status for private schools. Labour's deputy leader, Angela Rayner, added, Private schools shouldn't get a tax break. Labour will tax private schools and spend the money on helping the kids that need it. In Wales, latest figures show a spike in Covid cases among the under-sixteens. Denbyshire schools have seen more cases in the first two and a half weeks of this term than the whole of the last academic year, according to Mr Hilditch Roberts. He said, They are at breaking point. They are understaffed. They cannot get cover from agencies anywhere across North Wales, more or less. We are not able to supply Welsh education in some areas because we can't get staff at short notice. Education Minister Jeremy Miles said case numbers should be viewed in the context of a successful vaccine programme. It's changed the balance, the balance of harm as we call it, and we're very clear that the best place for our children, young people to be, are in school, in a safe environment, being able to learn with their friends. This has been your daily education news briefing.
1: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Inc. Phonics, Floppy's Phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit OxfordPrimary.com forward slash phonics. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge, and empower your team through the MAL CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and the Emotionally Intelligent Leader courses. All MAL CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Every teacher loves stationery, right? Imagine getting a selection of fun, beautiful and unique stationery items designed and selected especially for teachers delivered through your door every month. You need to check out TeachersLoveStationery.club
3: I'm always so excited when the box arrives, it's such a treat. My Teachers Love Stationery Club box is just a little treat to myself every month. It's always full of delightful and surprising items, including some really good quality stationery brands. And because you never know what you're going to get, it makes it even more fun and special when you get it.
1: Visit teacherslovestationery.club and enter the code TTRADIO when you buy your first stationery box to save two pound today. Teacherslovestationery.club.
0: And we are back um, into the final 20 minutes of the show um so and what we're going to do very shortly we're going to be uh oh i think my microphones are a little bit too loud at the moment or maybe i'm just too close to it we are going to be winning a quick fire quiz something uh i'm going to start doing a lot more regularly from now on so are you ready yes excellent news now don't worry the questions aren't they're they're not difficult they're just so we can get to know you a little better so I think I've got about 10 questions here maybe 11 so the first one and the most important question you should ever ask anybody is what is your favourite flag?
2: Mm, I think it would be the pride progress flag with with the triangles um, drawn on it if you know what I'm talking about
0: I know exactly what you're talking about yes
2: so I'm a I vexillologist.
0: Of course I know what you're talking about. I love flags.
2: <laughs> I love
0: flags. Very good. Uh, it is a cool flag. My favorite has long been the Marshall Islands, but I also like the Seychelles because they have like diagonal lines on them. I, I don't know. I like diagonals. Uh, next question. What was your worst subject at school? What were you worst at oh, school?
2: I think everything except English. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. History, geography... Maths. I was bad at maths. I didn't hate it, but I was not very good at it. Even now, I'm not good with numbers. So tell me numbers, and I can't remember. So I and history, I can't remember dates. So yeah, I I, I even when I started my first um, uh, job, I was very firm that I would teach only English and no other subject. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I think I I love history, and I loved history at school because I had a great teacher who who made history not just be about dates and so on and so forth. Now, Mm -hmm. I see it here in Spain, and it is just you learn the textbook, and then when you go into the exam, you vomit what you read in the textbook. You know, there's no critical thinking about it. There's no, like, looking at it from any other angle. Now, that's what I loved about my my history class. And and a great history teacher can really show you – you can learn so much from it, and not just about – when a war happened Absolutely. or when something happened, yes. but you can learn the mistakes that we made in the past, like the, the awful way that, that things were done in the past that need to be corrected, rather than yes. just, you know, glorifying yes. colonialism, which is basically what happens here in Spain.
2: My, my daughters know. are uh, pretty much interested in history. So, yeah, they're a lot into history. But Excellent. Me, I I, it was. It was. It was just English. Somehow it was just English, and I, I, I couldn't look beyond that as my favorite subject.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I did also love geography, but I loved geography in as much that it was. I loved the different places. I loved um, looking at maps. I just got really bored when I, it was like the formation of rivers and stuff like that. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not interesting to me. I think my least favorite subject was probably. Physics, because I found it boring. But otherwise, I'd, I I liked school mostly. But, but I
2: think I'm one reason why I loved English would also be because English had certain elements of all these subjects in it. So, a lesson in English could be about geography, about a historical leader. It could be about science, whatever. Yeah. So, in, in that sense, I think it, it's it's a melting point of different topics. So, that's what it, I love about teaching English as well.
0: It is brilliant. You learn so much. Exactly. I mean, I always get... a you know teachers say to me "Ah, oh, but I don't know about climate change so how can I teach it and then you open the textbook and you say like ah oh, tell me something about Justin Bieber well I don't know anything but you're going to teach about it in your next class you know tell me something about the first ever railway I don't know anything but you're going to teach about it maybe you're not an expert on something but you know all you need to be is one step ahead to be able to teach other people about it. Anyway, let's get back to this. Now, this one's going to be difficult. I'm stealing this one oh. from from the internet from recently. Your favorite book or the most useful book that you've read?
2: Okay, so I think uh, I would go with um, what started me off when I became when I ventured into ELT. I think A to Z of ELT. Uh, I have a couple, actually. And currently, actually, it's it's the one that's most exciting for me is How to Write Inclusive Material, which is by Tyson Seaburn.
0: So good.
2: So good.
0: I absolutely love it. it.
2: I haven't completed reading it yet. uh, And I would have loved to have a physical copy. But here, there's just a Kindle copy. So I'm not sure whether you saw this, but I bought the Kindle copy. And then I... Uh, sort of made a poster with my photo and the Kindle copy, and I sent it to Tyson and said, "Okay, this is how I post with a Kindle version of a book, because people post with a physical version of the book all the time, but a Kindle version you can't do that. So yeah, exactly. I wanted to do that. Yeah, I I'm it's, it's very, uh, it's very useful. All, all Almost
0: all of the the educational books that I buy, if I can't get them secondhand, I always buy them ebook. Um, I, I refuse to buy a new book um, for the, for the printing of for the paper. I'm a paper
2: person, but I'm now switching to Kindle because of uh, convenience. Because one, it's immediately in your Kindle library once you buy it. So you, you don't have to wait for delivery and all of that. And yeah, for some reasons, it, it's easier to read it on any device now than stick to a paper book. So I'm becoming more of a Kindle reader after the pandemic.
0: Really. I, I love books. I, I love real books. Like paper books are like they are, you, you can say I've got a few behind me here. I've got bookshelves mm-hmm. full of them downstairs, but I, I refuse now to buy a brand new book. So if something comes out and I can't get it secondhand, um, and I had to have that book, like as soon, the day, like maybe the day after it came out, I just had to have it. Like, I, I really desperately wanted to read it. So I'm not going to pay for a, a paper book. So I was like, uh, I'll get the Kindle I read somewhere that you have to read 20 books a year on, a, on, a, on, a, on an ebook for eight years for it to have the, the right impact. Well, I've had my Kindle since my 30th birthday, mm-hmm. which was almost eight years ago. And I definitely read more than 20 books a year. So there you go. Um, next question. What is the hottest city you've ever visited?
2: Uh, it's it's in the northern parts of India, so again extreme climate. Then when we are talking about two wardrobes, so I visited places in uh, Delhi when it was really really hot. In fact, I was also um, I had also relocated there for a certain project with the British Council for a period of two months, three months, I think, and that was the hottest period that I that's that's the worst time to be there.
0: The whole day next to the fan, I imagine.
2: I was out, unfortunately, so a lot of field work, visiting schools, etc. So it was even worse.
0: Yeah. But then that also made
2: me realise that uh, a lot of teachers actually go through that the whole day. So it it sort of humbles you in a way also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Next question. What is your favourite animal? My puppy. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) That was a a silly question, wasn't it? Um, (laughs) What is the best place to visit in Mumbai? Um,
2: there's a little cafe next to my uh, place. I wouldn't say really a uh, 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 tourist or a very uh, fancy cafe, but it's a reading cafe. It's a library cafe. And I would say I think that's my favorite place. No, no other, uh, no other tourist spot or uh, any other place. But yeah, I would. I love going to the beach as well, Marine Drive, where I can just sit by the sea. Just taking the wind, soaking that that piece, that's it, yeah.
0: Uh, next question. Um, when are you most productive? I stole this one from the TEFL Development Hub.
2: So in, to- in terms of time, you mean? In terms
0: of time, yeah. When are you yes. most so productive?
2: We, I, I was live in one of these coffee break sessions of TEFL Hub when this question also came up. And I said that this has changed. Post-pandemic, it has become afternoon. Or probably it's more by force, really, not by choice. Otherwise, I'm a morning person, out and out.
0: I I, I love mornings. I'm I, yeah. I'm an early riser. I get up, I do my yoga. Another word that came into English from India, mm-hmm. um, and then I I kind of get to work. But I'm most productive depending on when there's somebody in the house or not. You know, I have a home office, so I you know I work I work from here. I do my classes from here now, um, depending on on who I'm teaching. Sometimes up to four hundred students at a time, but you know it's all done from here. So, and I, again, I think it depends on where I'm teaching.
2: I you think know, you I'm, commented, you commented uh, on that post also saying that when nobody's home, yeah, that's, that's exactly a good productive time to be. That's when I I'm get waiting most for that day to come. It's been a long time since I've seen a home where <laughs> just me.
0: Oh, it's, it's, you know, with my daughter back at school, I'm lucky in that respect that <laughs> I can, I can do that. Next question.
2: Yes. Go What's your
0: favorite cake flavor?
2: I don't like cakes really, (gasps) honestly. But if I had to choose, it would be Uh, a plain vanilla, maybe something like that. Just just as plain as it can be.
0: I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, here's a tough one. Your favorite Facebook group.
2: I I don't want to answer this one, please, because there are plenty. (laughs) And I I don't know how many I'm going to name. There's uh, the Tefl Hub, of course which we just spoke about there's reflecting reality there's ESI English there's the twinkle community which is really vibrant and it's 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 something which really um it's it's very light and I I like the friendly vibe of that community it's lovely and uh footprint so yeah a lot of a lot of groups Uh, you missed renewable English yes renewable (laughs) English too (laughs) That's why I said I don't want to miss out any. I don't want to name. That was the correct
0: that. answer, was Renewable <laughs> English.
2: <laughs> no, there's no correct answer to this.
0: No, there aren't. Um, th- I knew that was an impossible question. Yeah. Um, even, even
2: Rachel's group, I, I, I learned quite a lot from the lives and, and, and the topics that she comes up with.
0: There, yeah, there crazy. are so many. I knew that. The British would, Council I that...
2: Teacher Community. That's another one that I'm a part of. Yeah. That was excellent too.
0: I do love the the Twinkle one. I was lucky enough yes. to so I, I always comment on Miranda's videos because they're brilliant. I absolutely yeah, love brilliant. her videos. brilliant. They're
2: the heart and soul of the group, I think.
0: I absolutely love yeah. them. So, yeah, I commented on on one of her things she was talking about. I can't remember what exactly she said. What should a uh, what should a uh, planner involve? And I said it needs to have lots of green games and she was like well where could i get green games from so for, that was where oh, i was able to new like english and i So we we collaborated and i worked with twinkle oh. for for that and it was just amazing oh. like it all comes from these communities and, and finding your marigolds right. um next question now I was going to say your favorite, well, I was going to say summer or winter, but obviously it's rainy and dry season over there, isn't it? So which is your favorite, rainy or dry season?
2: I love the rainy season, but uh, only if I don't have to go out. I love sitting (laughs) at the window and watching the rain, um, I mean, from from inside. But if I have to go out in the mess, in the puddles and all that, I don't like that really.
0: Very good. Um, Okay, now I've got one more. Tell me something new in your life.
2: something new in my life in terms of uh, could it be my puppy the pandemic puppy that I brought in
0: it can be anything you want
2: yes your pandemic puppy yes
0: tell us about your pandemic puppy
2: her name is berry she's going to be one year old and she's she was very naughty for the first few six six seven months but now she's very calm and she's sitting right at my feet when I'm doing any work. So I love that feeling of her being at my feet.
0: I just I just looked across at my, I call her my horse because she's a, <laughs> she's a Labrador cross with a Mastiff. So she's a big dog. Um, she's about 50 kilos. So her name is Estrella, which is Star. She she's features a, mine it. is
2: a small one yet. She's just about, what, maybe 15 kg or so, 10, 12, something like that. She's taken over our beanbag completely. We had a beanbag and she's made that her bed and she's sort of taken that over completely. She loves lying in that.
0: I'm going to add one more question. Yes.
2: Um,
0: One that just popped into the head. Um, What are your goals for the future?
2: Uh, I think uh, I want to do a lot uh, of courses or let's say um educating myself and educating others about diversity and equality i'm looking at taking some courses uh, formal courses on that as well uh, there's one which i found out recently so probably maybe in the next year or so that's that's the goal that i have but otherwise i've also um during the pandemic i've formally uh, come up with my own brand of language school which i didn't have earlier i did run workshops for children but informally but now i've given it a name and i call it life uh, sorry learning sutra lifelong learning so that's that's my um, motto in life i'm a lifelong learner so i decided to use that in the name as well so that's a place where i run workshops for children to teach them english but also integrate topics like uh, climate change diversity and a lot more, anything, any global issues that come to my mind. That's the idea of running those classes. So I want to take that further, I think.
0: Where can that's... people learn more about that?
2: We have a website, but it's quite a very uh, basic one. I'm still working on it. But we do have our Facebook pages uh, Learning Sutra Bhai Bhavna G. Bhavna G stands for my surname, which is Gupta. So I just sort of wanted to make it a little different. So I've named it that. So we have a Facebook page. We have a LinkedIn page. We have an Insta page as well. So find us there. And uh, for teachers who want to find more marigolds or be marigolds to other teachers, uh, please join the teachership community on Clubhouse if you're there.
0: It has been so wonderful speaking to you. Um, I know we had a quick chat yesterday. Um but i i felt like i already knew you because you know we are both so active in various communities so it's been right. a, a real pleasure um to to be able to connect and speak with you and when you said you wanted to come on the show i was absolutely delighted um i really couldn't have been happier because i just i I really admire and adore your attitude on the, the lifelong learning attitude and your goal to continue to improve. Um, and I feel it reflects something in myself. Um, I do just want to to be better um, for myself, for my for my daughter and for my students. Um, so yeah, a, a huge thank you for coming on. It's been- Thank you for
2: inviting me. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. It's wonderful. Oh
0: it's been such a pleasure it's been so lovely to to get to know you a bit better i mean it's a shame that you don't like cake but it's okay <laughs> nobody's perfect you know i'm sure exactly. i can forgive you for that <laughs>
2: thank you so much <laughs> i'll probably try eating some cakes and see if i can start to like them
0: i'll tell you so then when i could, when i do come to mumbai then i, I know not to bring you cake um <laughs> what should i bring you instead of cake
2: mm. I think you could bring me something spicy. I love I love spicy food. Anything, okay. anything spicy would do. In so, Mumbai, there's something called Pani puri. I don't know if you've heard of that. That's I have heard I of it. Yes, that's my favorite, if you can manage to get that. There or you go. when you come here, you can taste that.
0: There you go. So when in, in Spain there's spice is not a thing in Spain. Oh. Um like there's there are a few curry houses here in Spain that I go to and I don't go to them anymore because I I asked for the food to be... I've had
2: a Brazilian girl living with me for a year and I've gone through the um, pain of preparing food separately for her (laughs) without any spice. She was here on an exchange program. She was here with me for about a year. And my daughter was in Mexico at that time. So had those sort of different food, no spice at all. So I know the feeling. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: here in Spain, they don't. So... When I do have the chance to go to Gibraltar, there is a vibrant Indian community there. So it is great to to actually have something that, you know, actually heats my mouth a little bit. Whereas here in Spain, you ask for it to be as hot as you can. And that basically means still not very hot. And the only thing that has any kind of mild spiciness to it is chorizo. And as you know, I don't eat meat. So, you know, I can't have spicy chorizo because it's full of meat. But anyway, um, that's that. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, as I've already said. Um, next week, we are going to be speaking to uh, Dave Bowden, the word guerrilla or the word guerrilla, who's a former headmaster. Um, no, that's not next week. That's the week after next. Oh, I'm getting confused. <laughs> next week, I'm speaking to a different poet. Um, I'm speaking to uh, uh, Annie and Romina, who are both from Argentina. We're going to be speaking about the difficulty of non-native speakers teaching um got ahead of myself there i got confused with the week because i haven't switched over to october yet on my calendar um, so that's who we've got next week it's been amazing having you here this week so thank you very much and i'm sure i'm going to see you on all of the social media
2: yes thank you harry thank you for having me here
0: thank you so much thanks everybody for listening stick around because there's going to be a great show coming up very shortly um all about home office space. Thanks, everybody, and I'll speak to you soon.
1: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.